It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the 12th floor, 50-pin place in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, the home of 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK. Welcome to the Locked On Thunder Podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Saying thank you so much for making us a part of your day. And coming up on this episode of Locked On Thunder, we will hear from your Thunder MVP. No, it's not Paul George. It's not Dennis Schroeder. It's certainly not Russell Westbrook at this point. Steven Adams, or maybe we just say your MVK, your most valuable Kiwi. Okay, I admit that's extremely cheesy for me to even bring it up that way. But Adams is unquestionably the most valuable player on the Thunder right now. I'll tell you why coming up here in just a minute. Plus, I'll tell you about a discussion that I had with somebody within the Thunder organization because we got into how underappreciated Steven Adams is and then the discussion came up or the discussion came up who would you take over Steven Adams right now in the center ranks well there's a few guys I would definitely take 
over Steven Adams, but it's not for lack of effort. That's for darn sure because Adams gives it every single night. In segment number two, we'll talk about KD's last days here in Oklahoma City or KD's last year here in Oklahoma City as a follow-up to what we talked about yesterday with the whole drama between he and Draymond Green and everything going on in Golden State and where does KD end up and how was he treating people during his last year in Oklahoma City because I've got some answers on that. And then finally, we'll hear from Billy Donovan. I had a fascinating discussion with Billy Donovan after last night's press conference about contested threes and just how specific that particular stat gets. What's uncontested, what's contested, what's partially contested, what did the Thunder look at? And it all spawned out of one of Billy Donovan's answers that he gave in the last part of his press conference, and that's coming up on today's show in segment number three. So there's the show. We'll put a bow on it here in just a second. My name is Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK here in Oklahoma City, both part of the iHeartMedia family. I'm in my sixth season of covering the Thunder, and if you like what you hear, I would ask that you go to LockedOnThunder.com. Check out all the archive podcasts, plus we have video from players and coaches. You can see Billy Donovan from last night, Stephen Adams, Paul George, and you can always go to LockedOnPodcast.com to uh, listen to any of our other podcasts, and you can uh, download this. You can subscribe at Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Alexa, because we're all part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your unquestioned MVP this year of the Oklahoma City Thunder basketball season is the one and only Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams, who is averaging 15 and 10 right now for the Oklahoma City Thunder and has already been taxed with having to guard Anthony Davis and does a hell of a job defensively and not only does a great job on the boards, but he is the Thunder's most reliable player, which is why everybody complains that when the Thunder are going to him in the first half, why do they go away from him in the second if he keeps proving he can score inside the paint. And last night, that really wasn't the case because the Thunder kept going to him because the Knicks had no answer for this guy. Most teams that the Thunder have played this year really haven't had an answer for Steven Adams. And no, he hasn't seen Boogie Cousins yet. And Steven Adams would even tell you against the New Orleans Pelicans that Anthony Davis missed a lot of shots. And uh, DeAndre Ayton, he's a rookie and has already been abused by Steven Adams twice and is about to get it his third time coming up here in the next few days, Adams just Adams is just that guy. He's that guy that does his job so well that you don't even notice when he's scoring double digits. You don't even notice when he's grabbing double rebounds because that's just a given part of the game. And last night, even though Steven Adams didn't have a double-double, when he had those 19 points, everybody was talking about Paul George. And for as spectacular as it was, just to give you some perspective on this, as I was watching that game last night, I stayed focused on Ennis Ennis Canner and Steven Adams. I stayed focused on the Stash brothers. And let's give it up to Ennis because he had a pretty good game himself, and Ennis is averaging around 16, 17 points as well. And they were talking trash, and they were getting in each other's grill. That's what I was focused on. I had to look up and realize, oh my God, Paul George has 30 points and may very very well be on his way to 40 before the end of this game. But I go in every night wanting to watch Steven Adams just play the position that he was born to play in center. 
And it's it's a thing of beauty. It's a thing of beauty that doesn't get appreciated because Steven Adams still has an opportunity to go out and develop his skill set much further than what he's gotten to right now. And I was having a conversation with one of the uh, guys that works for the Thunder, with the, with the Thunder representative last night, and he asked me who I would take right now over Steven Adams. He's a big Steven Adams fan, as well as he should be. But he asked me, who would I take over Steven Adams when we're just strictly talking about centers playing in the NBA? And I came up with a very short list. Joel Embiid was on that list in no particular order. DeMarcus Cousins and then Anthony Davis. And two of those three guys can shoot threes. Steven Adams can't. Now he can shoot them in practice, but right now he's not shooting them in the game. And if we remember what Steven Adams said at the beginning of the year, he's not planning on shooting them in the game anytime soon. But as long as this guy continues to just come in every single night, show up, do his job, I don't think there's going to be anybody in the organization that complains about Steven Adams, and I wouldn't be surprised that when we start talking about trading deadline stuff, if he's not a guy that gets asked about quite a bit. Because if I, even though the center, the center position in the NBA, and I hate using the word position, but even though center is not as valued as it used to be, and the NBA has become more about the three-point line, um, Rudy Gobert, you know, there's another guy we could throw in. Maybe I take over Steven Adams just because I like Rudy Gobert's um, defensive prowess. Still, it's not many. You still count everybody on one hand. Adams is a guy that I'm asking about. I am trying to, if, if I am another GM, I'm doing everything I can to pry Adams out of Sam Presti's hand because not only is he good, but he's got that very team-friendly contract. Plus, when I throw him in front of the media... He's generally pretty good with them, has the tendency to make them laugh at some point in the scrum. And in fact, I'm just going to shut up and listen. let you listen to Steven Adams right now. Here is Steven Adams after last night's game with the New York Knicks. Talking are you doing with Dennis over the course of the game? Yeah, I guess. Enough. Put a band on. Put a band on. You enjoy it? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Always. Always fun. It's only time I get on the phone. So builds up, you know, just, you know, point yep. the <laughs> <laughs> you, you at one point suggested to Fizdale that he might take Ennis out because you guys were trying to put the role him up. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to discover him, but he's playing things. He's a bloody good player. You know I mean, and, and it's best to have him for us. So, yeah. I mean, if he listened to me, right? <laughs> that's great. But they do. You know, and he's, yeah, again, that's only because Ennis is such a good player, but Stephen, what do you think about the offensive rhythm you are playing with? Yeah, but it's good. Um, with Paul in particular, I think he's had a good second in game. Where it seems like he's found his shooting stretch. Yeah, but like that. Something about that is just, yeah, both going in, which is great. But, yeah. So, you know, like that. I think what's good is that he's making a lot more, uh, a lot more better reads, I think. Bringing um, his man on the run, which is a, it's a tough thing to do, honestly. Uh, but he's making the correct reads, um, making it easier for me to tag his guy more screens and whatnot. And so like, the rhythm of that, um, I think he's being a lot more smart. 
makes sense. It doesn't necessarily have to be faster, but it's a lot smarter than the most targeted place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, the ball goes in late. Anybody else for Steve? Oh, yeah. Anyone else see when a rookie Two has uh, the, uh, the dunk attempt that Ami had late? How much grief does he get? Huh? Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that. Stephen, that's two straight, I think, big first quarters for you guys. And is it a point of emphasis, or is it things just get going? What's what's going right to start the game so well? Sure. Uh, point of emphasis? Sure. I mean, we're still coming up with the same intentions, right? But like, yeah, sometimes, sometimes we just, um, I guess the. It mainly honestly starts on our um, defensive end. We get a lot more better stops. Um, and then we get out and run, and then it, like, the, the rotations from there is, is a lot harder on that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I noticed. I'm not sure. Maybe we're just making shots, mate, honestly. But it feels like they, they are uh, easier shots. We're creating them from um, us being so aggressive on defense straight away, and they're, they're kind of taking a step back from it and allows us to go out. He's so popular everywhere else in the world. Um, obviously, his home country of New Zealand, he's popular in Australia. People know who this guy is. It really is just a matter of time before Stephen Adams catches on here in America and becomes one of those players that people talk about and people gravitate to. I think, unfortunately, for Stephen Adams now, He's like a lot of guys in the NBA where if you follow the league, you know how good this dude is. But if you are just that casual fan, then he's not a guy you think about very often. You, you might think about Paul George. You definitely think about Russell Westbrook. But the Thunder are full of those guys that you don't know if you're not watching the NBA. And last night, just a tremendous win for Oklahoma City. Uh, the Knicks never really were any competition. And going back to my point yesterday, after seeing the Knicks, knowing so downtrodden that they are, or knowing how downtrodden they are, I don't think it's going to be that hard to get free agents there when you've got all that money and you can just offer them the idea that, hey, you're heroes. This roster sucks so bad. You come in here, you're halfway decent. People will be buying your jersey, and you'll be able to make a lot of money in endorsements. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up next, Carmelo Anthony out in Houston. And what were Katie's final days slash year like here in Oklahoma City? We talk about that. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
You're listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Sooners is out and available at LockedOnPodcast.com and at Apple, Ti- Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and Alexa. Apple iTunes. I don't know what Apple iTunes are, but hey, if they have a five-star rating, can you give us a five-star rating on Apple iTunes? It's all part of the uh, Locked On Podcast family, and all those podcasts are available at LockedOnPodcast.com. Your team every day. News coming out this afternoon. Carmelo Anthony out in Houston. Ten games. Took the Rockets ten games to realize that Carmelo Anthony is not the player that he used to be. And it wasn't anything wrong with Oklahoma City. It was more wrong with Carmelo Anthony. And now you're going to hear the rumors about the Rockets. You'll hear the rumors about the Heat possibly picking up Carmelo Anthony, which would be great. I mean, if he wants to go there and contribute, I have no problem with but I think for your, for everyone that wanted to criticize Oklahoma City for what they did with Carmelo Anthony, well, now this, this, this justifies what Sam Presti did. It justifies Atlanta making the move to trade Dennis Schroeder to Oklahoma City, pick up Melo, and then wave and stretch his contract because the guy just doesn't have a whole lot to offer anymore in the way of what's happening on the court. He's got all the wisdom in the world off the court. He certainly makes a locker room better. But on the court, Carmelo Anthony's not going to give you enough where you can justify paying a salary for the next few years. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, if you're, if you're LeBron James, is this a guy you really want to bring on? You may know him. You may love him. But do you want to do Carmelo Anthony a solid and make that be at the detriment of your team? Because Chris Paul's already done him a solid, and then eventually Melo had to go away. If I'm Melo and, and and I'm looking at the rest of my careers, it really is rest of my career. It really is now all about overseas. If I'm Carmelo Anthony, because I can't think of a situation that he can get into in the NBA and a the team be successful, and b him ultimately feel or ultimately fulfill his individual goals. That's just not going to happen right now. You want to fulfill those individual goals. You want to be a star. You want to be a starter. You want to play meaningful minutes and score a lot of points. Then that's going to happen to you in China a lot easier than it's going to happen here in Oklahoma City. Which brings us to Kevin Durant coming back to Oklahoma City. Okay, really weird transition there. Kevin Durant's not coming back to Oklahoma City. I think we can all agree on that. And it may get talked about. But Kevin Durant, in my opinion, is going to be a New York Nick. I don't think he's going to stay with Golden State just because the whole idea with, with Draymond and him not getting along and maybe everybody else in that locker room starting to feel the tension of Kevin Durant's free agency. But Kevin Durant is trying to be as honest and as transparent as he can, which wasn't what he was doing here in Oklahoma City. In Oklahoma City, Kevin Durant was the guy that would be very vague with the, with the answers, he would say the same thing. I love the city. I love the team. I'll reevaluate that when the time comes. And Kevin Durant may, knew, may have known full good and well that he was going to go to Golden State, and he was just saying this to sort of pacify everyone. But I, I tend to lean on the side that Kevin Durant may not have fully known where he was going until that time at the Hamptons. And just talking to a couple of people about Kevin Durant in his last year with Oklahoma City, were there were there those issues that you had with had or are having now with Golden State? Were you having those when Kevin Durant was with the Thunder? And the answer to that was unequivocally no. 
Kevin Durant wasn't that guy. And Kevin Durant's major issue is that he just he goes from one extreme to the other. There's not a lot of balance in Kevin Durant's life. He wants to be the bad guy. He just doesn't know how to be the bad guy because in order to be the bad guy, somebody's got to dislike you. And Kevin Durant doesn't like that. He doesn't want to be disliked, but at the same time, he doesn't want to have all his decisions picked apart the way they were when he decided to make the move from Oklahoma City to Golden State. Unfortunately, Kevin Durant's going to have to come to grips with that at some point that all the outside noise really doesn't matter. He did what was best for him in his career. He won a lot of championships doing that. He's a finals MVP, and he had an opportunity to go resurrect another organization. It's a pretty good situation to be in if you're Kevin Durant. And no matter how weak the move was to go to Golden State, and no matter what you or I think of it, it is all about Kevin Durant and ultimately how he feels at the end of his career. And right now, I don't think Kevin Durant knows how he feels. And I can understand that. I, we all go through that in our life where you just you just hit a patch of confusion, is what I call it. In fact, I'm kind of going through that right now where it's, do I want to do this? Or do I, you know, do I want to pursue these other opportunities? Or are there really other opportunities out there? What's most important to me? And it's okay to go through that. It's how you act in that situation and the vibe that you gives off tells people what kind of person you are or at least what kind of person they believe you are. And I'll admit, sometimes I give off that vibe of like, dude, he's confused. Uh, what's the deal with this guy? He's not all that happy sometimes. I So I get where Kevin Durant is coming from, but there you have to know when to swallow that pride and move forward and not let all the outside noise get to you. And I don't think Kevin Durant has gotten to that point. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, we hear from Billy Donovan as he talks about the evolution of analytical basketball. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Thunder podcast. We've got another episode of Locked On Sooners out as well. Find that at LockedOnPodcast.com and find that also on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and Alexa. And, of course, if you like what you hear on Locked On Thunder, you can find more at LockedOnThunder.com. I am Eric G., the host of the Locked On Thunder podcast. Last night I had a fascinating conversation, conversation with Billy Donovan, and it was all predicated on the last answer he gave in the post-game press conference off of one of Eric's Horn, Eric Horn's questions. And, and that was the bad thing. You just didn't have time to really do all the following up that I wanted to because Billy got into a very analytical discussion. And after the game, or after the press conference, um, probably to one of the spokesperson's dismay, I chased after Billy. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Along those lines, explain to me then what is a contested three or how do you figure a contested three? Because that was the crux of 
the conversation and what Billy was talking about, how do you contest it? Because just to me, layman's eyes, when a guy steps out beyond the arc to guard someone and puts a hand in their face, that's contested. But there's contested. There's not contested at all. There's somewhat contested. There's all these different stats that guys like Billy Donovan and Sam Presti will pull apart to figure out where their team can grow, where they can evolve. And for Billy Donovan, it's all about moving forward in the world of basketball and thinking real analytically and applying that to what's going on on the court. And I can't explain it any better than that. I know I have to up my game to understand advanced stats a lot more than what I do now in order to make this podcast better. But here is Billy Donovan from last night talking about how you have to play defense in this new age of the NBA. Well, I mean, it's something we talked about, to be quite honest, you know, going into the offseason and you know, leading up to this season. Um, you know, I think, you know, I think one of the things that's happened is, you know, for teams that maybe don't, quote unquote, have star power, let's just say, what happens is teams are running around a lot more, teams are shooting a lot more threes, and they're playing efficient basketball as it relates to the analytics. And, you know, regardless of what your talent level is, if you're not prepared to run around and to chase and to do the things necessary against teams like that, you know, teams can make a lot of threes. And I think if you go back and look at the games that we lost against the teams you were talking about last year, I think teams shot maybe a little bit better than 40% from the three-point line against us. That's a recipe for a loss. The reason, in my opinion, tonight that the game for us was um, we had control of it is look at what they shot from the three-point line. Three-point line is the greatest equalizer at the high school, college, and the NBA level. And if you don't defend it correctly, that doesn't mean you just give up layups and just sell out for the three-point line, but you have to be able to defend the three. And not that you're going to take threes away, but the contestedness of threes really matters. And if you can neutralize a team's three-point shooting, these teams that are running around trying to create that, that are playing that quote-unquote analytical basketball, no non-paint twos, drives, layups, and threes, trying to get to the free throw line, you know, you got to be able to do both. you got to be able to protect the rim, and you got to be able to protect the three-point line. If you do those things, you know, now you have the a chance to you know, have talent kind of take over in those situations where you need it. Um, but the biggest thing is the game has changed drastically. Um, you know, even from my first year, not that I've been in the league for a long time, but it's changed drastically uh, how teams play. And those teams that you're talking about, you have to be willing to run around and chase it. Because that's what they're going to do. They're going to run around, the ball's going to fly all over the place, and they're going to, you know, be sprinting and cutting and moving. And, and you know, if, if you... Uh, get bored or if you're not prepared to put forth you know the uh, the effort that's required in a hundred possessions when a team shoots 40 percent from the three-point line you know I guarantee the game's coming down to, to, to the stretch coming down to the final minute or two there isn't a better basketball mind that I've had the opportunity to talk to than Billy Donovan, just not not even close. Um, and I've covered some really good college coaches throughout my career, Lon Kruger being one, Steve Alford being another. 
guys that know the game inside and out. I've never heard anybody talk about basketball the way Billy Donovan does and understand it from an analytical standpoint. And when we talk more on that human level, when the Thunder struggle, this is why I believe it's going to be very hard that if at any point Sam Presti decides he's moving in another direction to replace Billy Donovan because these two guys are just way too much alike and understand too much of the game in the exact same way for I think Billy Donovan to just plug or not Billy Donovan but Sam Presti to just plug and play another coach in his in Billy Donovan's situation. Thunder get back in action on Saturday. We'll talk a little bit about their matchup with the Suns coming up tomorrow, and we will also uh, get into some more discussion about the future of Carmelo Anthony. Man, um, could he come back to Oklahoma City? No, probably not. Uh, not that I think anyone would want him back in Oklahoma City. They appreciate him, but I think it's just time to move on. Uh, we'll discuss a little bit more of his future and everything else that's going on out in the association right now. And until we get to tomorrow's episode, I wish you nothing but the best. Everybody love everybody and peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.